you for listening to this message from the Northgate. And this is what I'm thankful for, and this is what I want everybody in this room to hear me. His friendship is so real, he never comes down to my anxiety or never comes down to waller with me. He always pulls me out of it. You're better than that. Real friends don't waller with you in the mud and agree with you in your self-pity. They grab you and pull you out of that and tell you something other than agree with you. That man has told me the truth when I needed the truth the most and probably didn't want to hear it, but I needed it. And it has saved my life, saved my marriage, and saved this church. Will you honor this man and woman of God as they come to give us the word? good am I on I may need a little bit of light because I got a, a high tech no light there my god I, I do want to address that um, nothing means more to me than you saying what you just said because I can tell you this that I have asked Abba Abba, help me to be as good of a friend to Jimmy as Jimmy is to me. I, I, I have, I've never known myself to feel overwhelmed by the loyalty and love like I am by you two, our family. Um, you know, uh, life experience can most oftentimes just lead you to appreciate what's real. You know? And um, so authenticity, um, who you guys are, your consistency, it doesn't matter if we talked last week, last month, or last year. It will be the exact same thing. It'll not be any different. And when we're all way down the road, and sitting there watching our kids doing this, it'll still be the same. That's right. That's right. If, there's any, if there's anything I know, our journeys will never take us away from each other That's right. That's right. for the rest of our lives. That's a treasure. Um, you know, thinking about my relationship with Apostle, and it, you know, it's going on 18 years. Wow. Um, what I have is the treasure that is only obtained in longevity. It's interesting to me, and I've found myself doing some of this even this last couple of days, trying to ask the Father, Mike, maybe you and your swirl, you can swirl up and get me an answer and swirl back down, let me know. Uh, but time is irrelevant in the kingdom. It's, it's irrelevant. 
but longevity matters. Come on, man. So, there is a treasure in longevity. I challenge you, wherever the Lord puts you and He plants you, let your roots go deep. Say deeper still. Like, I just want to get more entwined in family, more entwined in community, more entwined with those that the Father's given us. I, I, there was a lot of things that you said that are just like some little tidbits. I'll, I'll say this um, in regards to Josie. Um, Pops was in the ramp uh, when we came for a service and Sarah Beth had just got the first, I believe, one of the first doctor's reports that uh, was negative, that things didn't look well. I still, I could take you in that building in, in Hamilton to the spot where during worship, he either motioned for us or called for us, but it was off on the side. And he began, he laid his hand on Sarah Beth's stomach and began to pray over her. Afterwards, I found out through someone that was in the back. I don't know if Bryn was there, but I know another friend of mine, Chad Sleeper, uh, was back there. And he said that Damon walked off after that, sat down on the couch and said, I felt lightning. He said, I don't know how to explain it. Chad called me and told me this. He said, I don't know how to explain it. But there were stories that they tell that there were times Oral Roberts walked in the room and people didn't even know he was there, but people that had been in relationship with him would say, Oral Roberts just walked in this room. He said, I felt that when I laid hands on her. Check this out. The day Josie was born, family was in the waiting room, just in prayer and in hope, just holding out. This, this thing had gone on for seven months and negative, 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 negative. And that day was far from negative. But as I walked into the waiting room to tell the family, hey, she was just born, she, everything's good, I turned and I looked up, there was a TV with the news on. And it goes across the, the bottom, picture of Oral Roberts, televangelist Oral Roberts has just passed away. You can, you can say whatever you want to say about spiritual authority. I, I say to all those people that say that, go say it to her. Go say it to her if it doesn't matter to have a father in your life. 
the significance of the family and what's intertwined and how this has all played out and the life that we've lived to be here and Sarah Beth to be releasing for the first time while Isaac is being born. And he, not only is he being born naturally, but he's being born in our hearts. That's right. He was our treasure. That's right. Man. So I was not going to talk about what I am about to talk about. Come on. Come on. Uh, I was going to talk about one thing. Then I thought, mm, this may be a little switch. And then uh, I looked down and I saw something uh, concerning Zacchaeus. And... So I, I feel like that's where I got to go. One thing I do want to say as we go into this is the thing that the enemy wants the most from you is, or to steal from you is your confidence. Yes. If the message of do not shrink back, if you shrink back, the, that scripture says, the one that shrinks back, I will not be pleased with you. I, I will, and don't get that wrong. He's saying, I won't be able to gain pleasure from you if you shrink back. Your act of you standing firm and you standing up and you being all that the Father has called and created you to be brings pleasure to the Father. So do not in some false humility keep pulling back and I'm not good enough and I, well, my story and this isn't who I am so I can't do it. Don't do that because you Living fully as you are, alive, fully alive, brings him the most glory and the most pleasure. You just live it. You just come fully alive. And if the work of the enemy in your past somewhere along the way has kept you from being who you are, throw that off. And be who you are right now. But what you did does not change who you are. What he says is the final verdict over who you are. And if he's inviting you, then you belong in the room. If he made a spot for you at the table, then that's where you fit. And don't be, well, I don't know if I, I that kind of people tick me off. Like, I, you invite them over, or you say, I just don't know. Maybe I'll just, I don't want to be a burden. You know, it's like, <laughs> you weren't a burden until you said that. Now you're a burden. I wanted you until you just said that. Right? We can't be that way with the Lord. He's inviting us into the fullness of all that we were created for, all that we are, and do not shrink back. Do not cast off your confidence. Come on, man. That's so good. If he says stretch forth, stretch forth. That's right. One thing that was on my mind earlier was the man with the withered hand. He was brought before Jesus on the Sabbath, and they wanted to see what Jesus would do because you're not allowed to work, and God knows helping somebody was going to be considered work. But you're talking about a society that had tried to figure out what honor the Sabbath meant, so they were, 
they had gone so far as to say you cannot do anything. And then they had people cut themselves and bleeding out. So they said, well, you can stop the bleeding, but you can't put any ointment on it because that's work. You got to wait till Monday to put the ointment on it because we're trying to, through our works, make sure we're doing what's right. So all of us get together. Is that work? Is that not work? Is that abide by the rule? Is that not abide by the rule? Should you drink? Should you not drink? Can you listen to this? Can you not listen to that? Not realizing the answer is... Have you seen his eyes? Really? Are we talking about this? Have you seen his eyes? Yeah. So let's jump in here. I want to look at something that I found very interesting over the years reading, which is the story of Jesus cursing the fig tree. Initially, it can almost seem like pointless or just like Jesus wanted to just show his powers. Watch what I can do. There's a little more to it, don't you think? Let's look at it. Mark chapter 11. I'm in the Passion Translation. uh, And I'm going to read verses 12 through 14. And then I'm going to skip on down and go to verse 20 through 24. So it said the next day as he left Bethany, Jesus was feeling hungry. He noticed a leafy fig tree in the distance. So he walked over to see if there was any fruit on it, but there was none, only leaves. For it wasn't yet the season for bearing figs. Jesus spoke to the tree saying, No one will ever eat fruit from you again. Let me say that again. No one will ever eat fruit from you again. And the disciples overheard him. Skipping on down to verse 20. In the morning, they passed by the fig tree that Jesus spoke to, and it was completely withered from its roots up. Peter remembered and said to him, Teacher, look, that's the fig tree you cursed. It's now all shriveled up and dead. Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. Listen to the truth I speak to you. Whoever says to this mountain with great faith and does not doubt, mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes that that what he says will happen, it will be done. This is the reason that I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. Be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. So looking at this, the cursing of the fig tree can be at first glance look strange. But if you look closer, you can see the picture that's being pointed by what Jesus is doing here. We first see mention of the fig tree in the fall. Of man, right? Adam and Eve in their reaction to falling, to their failure, it says that they covered themselves with fig leaves. Let me surmise something here, okay? It can't be proven, but it also is far fetched to think that the apple was what they ate. Some of y'all just got a revelation. There's no apple there in the story. It must have been in some children's book along the way at some point. The only apple in the Bible is you. You're the apple of his eye. 
right? So the figs being what they covered themselves with, it's the best chance to look at it and say they probably ate a fig during the fall. I mean, fig leaves would not have been ideal to try and cover yourself with. You got palm trees out here. You got... There's other options. Every tree of every kind, y'all. Fig leaves. You know, sometimes you, just got, you can't read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. So you got to go a little deeper. So in the fall, we see that they attempt to cover themselves Cover their shame. Cover the result of their decision to eat that fruit. They cover themselves with figs. I want you to think about this just for a second. What is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? What is the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Just think about this. The only thing God told them, I never ever want you to partake of, is something that attempts to tell you what is good and what is evil. Come on. Come on. The knowledge, the tree of the knowledge. I never want you to eat the fruit of something that tells you what's good and what's bad. I've often thought if they never ate it, would anything have ever been bad? Wow. Come on. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I'm like, Brad, now Brad, now if somebody would have killed somebody. No, 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 no. The answer was to stay on the walk. Ain't nobody on the walk killing people. They were supposed to stay on the walk. They were never supposed to have anything that told them what was good and what was evil. So when they partook of the fruit of something that announced what was right and what was wrong, they immediately started to measure themselves. Right? And shame came on them. And they covered themselves because immediately they have found themselves to not be good. So they're covering themselves. The figs are man's attempt. It's man's first attempt. It's man's first attempt to cover themselves by their own efforts. Jesus is cursing the fruitless fig is an announcement. Man's way of covering himself is fruitless. Jesus cursing the fig tree is saying, I'm done with you being the symbol of how man makes themselves right with my father. Hallelujah, holla back. That's good right there. That fires me up. That don't do anything for you? I'm sorry. So, yeah, that's old school right there. I left it alone, but yeah. Jesus' next act was to go in and overturn the tables in the temple after he curses the fig tree. 
He's overthrowing man's illegitimate way of trying to redeem himself. You see what is happening inside of Jesus, right? There were merchants inside of the temple that sold whatever was needed for the sacrifice. If this is such a stupid way. And you can see what's on his mind. He's cursed the fig tree. He goes into the temple. This is so stupid. Man's way throws over the tables like this is dumb and I'm done with it. Yeah? So it's all this different approach. So now let's, from that context, let's look at the story of Zacchaeus. Are you with me? Thank you, Josie. Luke. Luke chapter 19. Josie, who's your favorite preacher? Josie? Both. <laughs> Way to repent. Way to repent. Way to repent. Yes. I forgive you. All right, let's go look. Luke chapter 19, starting at verse 1. On his way to Jerusalem, Jesus had to pass through Jericho. There lived a very wealthy man named Zacchaeus, who supervised all the tax collectors. He was very eager to see Jesus and kept trying to get a look at him through the massive crowd. What's he trying to get? A look at him. Since Zacchaeus was a short man and couldn't see over the heads of the people, he ran on ahead of everyone, climbed up into a blossoming fig tree to get a glimpse at Jesus as he passed by. When Jesus got to that place, he looked up into the tree and said, Zacchaeus, hurry on down. I got to go stay at your house today. So he scurried down the tree and found himself face to face with Jesus. As Jesus left to go with Zacchaeus, many in the crowd complained, look at this, of all the people to have dinner with, he's going to eat at the house of this crook. Zacchaeus was amazed over the gracious visit to his home and was and joyously welcomed Jesus. Zacchaeus stood in front of the Lord and said, Half of all that I own I will give to the poor. And Lord, if I have cheated anyone, I promise to pay them back four times as much as I have stolen. Jesus said to him, Your repentance shows that today life has come to you. What changed him? Did he repent? Did he, in like crying? Did he scream about his sin? Did he, something happened because Jesus showed up at his house and he said, on the backside of this, everything changes. Yeah. And that you are a true son of Abraham. The son of man has come to seek out and to give life to those who are lost. This stuff is amazing, right? So think about this. First and foremost, I want you to see this. He tells him, come down from what? 
the fig tree, come down from your attempt to lift yourself up so that you can see God. Come down and instead come to my face. Come down from the rules and instead come to my face. Come down from your attempt to try and climb up so you can see over every other thing and every other person. God knows the one thing that has caused more people to not see Jesus is the people that are huddled around Jesus. Yeah, the old language that used to be was, I've been in the way for 30 years now. And that's exactly right. Been in the way. Been in the way of a lot of people seeing him, a lot of people experiencing him and knowing him for who he really is. I remember one day I was on a walk and the Lord nudged my heart because if I'm honest, I was angry. And I was angry because there was a uh, church that was presenting Jesus to a group of young people that was the opposite of who he really was. It was this constant thing. If you don't get right tonight, if you've been living in this and you did this and you did this and you go on your way home, you die in a car wreck, you will not make it. If that horn blasts and you have done anything wrong, you will not go. And this this fragile gospel led to me living in fear for years. My heart, I loved God as a kid. Like I loved Him. But I remember, I remember being on a baseball field and the first time an illegitimate word came out of my mouth. (laughs) This is no lie. I turned around, ran to a tree. God, I pray you forgive me right now. There is a goodness and tenderness, but our acts are not unto our righteousness. Our acts are acts of love. See, this thing can have parts of it that look the same, but they're totally different. Because it's not what you do, it's why you do it. Right? So when we used to just lock in and get in and pray and just have prayer meetings and linger and all of that, well, when we were doing that, because, man, we better do it because there's not, there ain't no fire on the altar. There ain't nothing going to happen. We can't birth a revival. You better wake up. You need some life in you. That's awful. I was talking about one time we were spending 12 hours in the hottest sun fasting outside and I had young people that had a heat stroke we had to take them to the hospital but by God we need revival (laughs) we're dying out of here and you know what as much as we're growing like God honored our stretch I mean I've 
God knows I grew through that and my family grew through that and I watched young people grow through all of that. But there is a truth to, I don't want us to ever get to where we're like, yeah, I don't ever want to look like that. Because lovers linger. That's right. That's right. I never apologize for worship. Our worship, I tell them, go until we feel like we've come to a spot. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how long it is. Because it's called worship. And I didn't take a vote of what style music do you like and how long would you prefer it. Because if we do that, then we're now worshiping you. Worship is for Him. And we're hanging out till we feel like he got what he was hoping for. That's right. That's so good. Intimacy is the new way, Jesus is telling Zacchaeus. I want you to hear this. Do you know what the name Zacchaeus means? It means pure. Zacchaeus, the most corrupt. The tax collectors is as low as you go. Like they were corrupt. They stole from the people. They put them in positions where they had to give it or face the penalty. If they didn't, they had that authority. And not only was he one of them, he was the kingpin. And here he is, right? Living the lowest of the low. And his name is your pure. So Zacchaeus is already pure, but he doesn't know it yet. And because he doesn't know who he is, he keeps living outside of his true identity. It wasn't until he opened himself up to face to face with Jesus that everything changed. So everyone saw Zacchaeus as crooked and corrupt. But Jesus knew who he really was. Can you even imagine what the conversation must have been like at the house? I've thought about this, right? We get a little glimpse in what Jesus talked about with Peter at the campfire. You know, we get little bits and pieces of what it was like at the Lord's Supper. We get little pictures. But there are these other moments that I'm like, man, to have been a fly on the wall. To have just been able to eavesdrop in on what that must have been like. What was that meal like? What was that time like? It is most likely that Jesus stayed the night at Zacchaeus' house. You'd be laying in bed like, holy moly, Jesus up in here. Jesus get up, had to go pee in the middle of the night. What's up? <laughs> oh, it's just the Holy Ghost. All right. <laughs> Sleep with one eye open. I got God up in here. <laughs> that day, everything changed. We don't know what he said. We just know it was intimate. It reminds me of a story with Smith Wigglesworth. 
went into a, a city to hold a revival. And there was a woman that was going to be hosting him. So she gave him their master bedroom and they went into another room. And she just wanted to take care of him and to bless him and to honor him. And as it got close to the end, uh, ultimately what he said was like, okay, I'm done with these meetings. And she saw him. He had packed his stuff up and was going to leave. And she says, no, no, please don't go. And he's like, what is wrong? She said, I was hoping that while you were here at my home, that you would have a chance to talk to my husband. He's not a believer. And I just was hoping that having you here would be the opportunity for him to come to know the Lord. Smith Wigglesworth looked back at her and said, just don't change the sheets. Come on. Hot dog. She didn't change the sheets. That night, her husband was sleeping. He wakes up in sweats. He's sweating, grabs her, and she says, What's going on? He said, I don't I feel the presence of the Lord and I need to make my life right. If that could happen as a result of someone who had experienced Jesus. What was happening up in Zacchaeus' house? What was in the walls and at the table? Because this thing's tangible, y'all. There's a residue of those that have encountered the Lord left wherever you go. So Jesus comes in and he's in his home. So the sycamore fig would have grown to approximately 40 feet high. No matter how high that looks or how it would appear to be a good thing to catch a view, it is not the right way to see Jesus correctly. There's a verse in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. says, Behold... I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and he open the door, I'll come into him and I'll sup with him. Me with him and him with me. All the while, humanity is trying to box in some way of some formula and format that tells us this is how you're, these people are right, these people are wrong. This is how you know, this is how you don't. All the while he's saying, I wish y'all had never ate the fruit of that. If we're going to rewind this thing, we need to go back, get back to that fig tree, pass that joker up, And realize that the answer to wholeness and holiness is walking with him in the cool of the day. I have a friend, man, if he sees this. He's he's honor as I'll get out. I won't say your name, Charlie, but (laughs) now you know Charlie, don't you, Jojo? But 
he is funny. <laughs> um, he just recently had a radical encounter with the Lord. A radical encounter with the Lord. So me and him went to high school together. Um, we had a lot of fun times. Henri. Will you hand me that water, baby? Henri. Uh, he's not Henri anymore. That's right. Um, and um, he, every other word, this is no exaggeration, would have been the F-bomb. Oh, he was fun when you took him around the kids. <laughs> or anyone. But he just was who he was, you know? Well, he has started a hunting business. He's actually started a clothing line and different things, and he's out doing some of these things. He had just gone through a number of things in his life and with his family, uh, hard things. So he ends up meeting a guy in Louisiana that asks him to come, and he goes there to be with the guy, and the guy invites him, say, hey, let's go to this church. So he goes to the church. Well, it's in West Monroe, Louisiana. Well, he ends up at a church in West Monroe with some people you may have heard of, right? So you got Phil Robertson's there at church and all of these different people. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I'm up in Duck Dynasty. <laughs> so he just really enjoyed the service. And the next time he had to go back into town, he went back to that church well, he said, if you go there, they're just another person in the community. Right. People see him at the gas station. Hey, Sai, you know, whatever. So that friend of his said, hey, you're going to be in town over the 4th. Why don't you come with me to a July 4th party for, you know, with the family uh, or with our church family. So he goes, well, he ends up at Phil Robertson's house. Like, dang, bro. So he's like, man, this was awesome. He's snapping pictures and posting them all over his Facebook and all this. And he said, it got nighttime. The fireworks are going off. And he's standing over there. And he said, he feels a tap on his shoulder. And he turns, it's Phil Robertson. He said, you know, your old man needs to die. Charlie got mad because his dad had just recently died. And he goes, excuse me, sir, my dad is dead. He's like, I ain't talking about your dad. I'm talking about old Charlie. Come on, come on, Brad. Come on, Brad. Charlie goes, what? And he said, tears start running. This guy is hard, like just tears. He's a big dude, high school baseball, like or college baseball, just farmer, strong, tough. Tears start rolling down. While the fireworks are going off, Phil drags him down in the water, baptizes him right there. I haven't heard an F-bomb out of him since. (laughs) 
the first time I'll, I'll go and, and Charlie's talking to me and he's just, he's weeping and all of this stuff. And he starts to tell me, he's like, yeah, I'm going to meet this girl. And in my mind, I'm like, oh God, that's the last thing you need right now. And I would have, the old way would have been, no, those are not the things you do anymore. You're not unequally yoked. Here's, and I didn't say a word. I'm sitting there like, nah, that ain't going to be good, is it? But what's happened to him is real. He'll be fine. He comes back the next week. He's like, man, Brad, that was kind of dumb. I was like, yeah. I said, he said, but I'm more overwhelmed with he loves me. Still just loves me. And that none of this is really about me. His decisions are changing. But it wasn't because I gave him a fig tree that would help him stay safe. And this is all right, now here's your discipleship program. Here's rule number one, rule number two, rule number three. Look, you're getting higher on the fig tree. You keep growing, you'll see him better than everybody else because you got all the rules under your belt. The more rules you do, the higher you get. No. No, 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 no. Charlie has seen the face of the Lord. That guy shows up at our midweek prayer. Like, I, he doesn't know what, to, he's ready to talk in the middle. He's ready to do, he's like, when should I say something? <laughs> 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 it, it's, it is something else. He, and he asked me, he said, hey, Brad. These tears thing. Is this ever calmed down? <laughs> I said, you never want that to go, buddy. Right. You yeah. just stay right there. The number one thing I would tell you is stay right there. Yeah. I ain't going to worry about you with the girls and with the this and the that and whatever. You just stay right there. You stay in that tender place. You stay in that face-to-face. You don't need me to give you the fruit of what's right and what's wrong. Because the reality is you're already pure, Charlie. You just need to know it. And the only way you're going to know it is through face-to-face with him. It's the intimacy is the answer. So here's, here's well, let me make sure I, I complete this thing. Intimacy is the key to how we see everything and have to look we have to look into him and not into ourselves to identify ourselves. We have to look into him and not into ourselves to identify ourselves. This account of Jesus cursing the fig tree in Mark is connected to a very important point Jesus makes. Look at this. After the disciples were amazed at the tree withering, Jesus tells them in verse 23, if you'll just say to any this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, it'll do it. I want you to see this Brian Simmons note on that. The mountain and the sea are actually metaphors. Mountains in the Bible refer to kingdoms. Seas represent people or nations. Our faith lifts up and brings the mountain of God's kingdom realm when we go into the sea of the people. The Greek word for mountain, O-R-O-S, 
is related to the verb that means to lift up, to carry off, and to take with you. This truth Jesus brings us is more than hyperbole. It is the active power of faith to take and to carry the power and authority of the mountain, God's kingdom realm with us wherever we go. So what is he saying? Zacchaeus, quit trying to see me by climbing up in the law. Come into intimacy. Learn what my kingdom really is and then launch out into the sea of humanity. See, this, this, we are knit in a heart of evangelist. Our hearts are knit that we cry out to, for people to see him. We long for more to see him. And it's hard to understand, but the Lord has had to cut the fig trees out from under us because we had in our lives, I'll speak for myself, like mixture. He loves me, but I got to live right. I mean, he loves me, but I can't go all the way. You're calling us to go all the way in. There's a consequence for my past. I don't get to go all in to where you get to go all into. So this is the truth. So we just, this little bit of a mixture. And here's the problem that I have with this. If that is true, I'll deal with the license to sin that some of y'all are still scared that I'm doing. But if that is true, if my acts have any bearing on my righteousness, then that will produce one of two things. Number one, spiritual pride. Look at me. Did you see the encounter I had? You see how he just moves on me? Because I got all that mess out of my life. I laid down and fasted for 40 days. Oh, how I've been in prayer. Look at me. Or condemnation. I didn't. I'm down. Neither one of those are fruits of the Spirit. Right? This idea that it's a license for people to sin, to tell them you're okay to go face-to-face with the Father, that is the most asinine thing I've ever heard in my life. This is the true working of righteousness in humanity and for more Zacchaeuses, pure ones, to start living in the fullness of who they are. Tell them you're allowed to come boldly into the throne of Abba. Let him sit with you like he did Zacchaeus. He said in Revelations, I'm knocking at your door. If you'll open up the door, I'll come in and I'll dine with you and you with me. And if we wondered what it would have been like to listen in on the dinner Zacchaeus and him had, we can have our own. Oh, we can have our own. You can find out what that talk was like. Because you're allowed to go there. This is so different. 
This is so different because you don't have to feel condemnation when you should have prayed more last week and you should have done better and you should have done this and you should have done that. Instead, you can say, man, this is heavy because I'm carrying it on my own. But prayer is exchange. I'm just going to go get with Abba. Abba, I miss you. I miss this time. It's been heavy this week. I just want to sit with you. I just want to get with you. Everything looks different when I'm with you. The world is different. Life is different. My perspective is different. How I feel about myself is different. How I see my circumstances is different. I just want to be with you. Oh, it gets easy. It gets easy because it's not a task. It's not a duty. It's the one who loves without limit is standing at my door and he won't leave. It's so precious. Oh, what a gift. And this is the one thing that I'm feeling on this family that if I wanted, if I want to just make a deposit into this and what God's doing, specifically in the young people and uh, the lingering that's happening, I want you to know lover, lovers linger. So I shared this with our uh youth before we left after camp this last time uh, that the Lord had whispered into my heart during camp, which is the story of Elijah when he's hiding out in the cleft of the rock. He has been threatened for his life. He is struggling in every way imaginable. And while he's there, the Lord said, where are you? What are you doing? He's like, ah, just chilling in here, you know, like, Go out. He goes out. He says, and I'm going to show you me. So he goes out and it says, and the Lord passed by. Now listen to this. The Lord passed by and there was a wind that shook the rocks. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. There was a fire that fell. But the Lord wasn't in the fire. The earth quaked. But the Lord wasn't in the quaking. But then there was following that a still, small voice. I want you to get this. What I find interesting is all of those three things, wind, fire, earthquake, are legitimate manifestations of God in Scripture. Acts chapter 2. And they were in the upper room, and they heard the sound that was of a rushing mighty wind. And what happened? Fire fell and sat on top of each one of them. Earthquakes? Paul and Silas locked up in the prison. And they began to worship in their chains and an earthquake began to rumble and it said every prison door came swinging wide open. You see, fire, wind, earthquake, 
It's not that God wasn't about them. Those are just nature responding to him being present. And if we're not careful, and that's what I told our young people, I said, camp, these are moments like, oh my goodness, God's present. The earth quaked. The fire fell. And my life has been so impacted. But the treasure comes to the one that waits on the whisper. Because the fire and the wind and all of that is just something saying he's there. But the voice is the treasure that's gained by the one that waits to just hear what he came there to say. What I would say to every single one of us is to learn to lean in, to know that he longs to whisper into our lives, that he has so many tender things that he wants to share, that his voice comes in the calm, in the stillness. It's not in our restlessness. It's in our trust. My life, and Trent, I, I, keep, I was thinking about this over you. My entire life has been shaped by whispers I heard in my youth. It's overwhelming to me. One day I was in prayer and the Lord whispered to me. He's like, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to do it through property. I have walked in a journey where all of a sudden we were able to go in in our church. We have 26,000 square foot. We have a totally renovated building. It's paid off. Personally, I was able to buy a shopping mall. Guys, I don't, you may think, oh, he must be up. No, you have no idea. It makes no sense. Do you know how I got it? The lender... I found favor personally with the lender. Nothing down. Better rates than you can get on a house. It's yours. We're not going to do an evaluation. We're not put... None of my credentials. Not my credit. Not my income. They didn't have none of it. The other day, I got a call. I didn't even know it. That we've been, we agreed and we bought another one. I didn't even know. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, the whispers are treasures. Beloved, John the Beloved leaned over on Jesus and while others were hearing him say, there's one that will betray me, John was the only one that knew which one it was. He's leaned over it, said on his bosom, and said, who is it, Lord? He said, it's the one that's going to dip into the cup. 
Intimacy is where you get those whispers. So I challenge you to keep lingering. Not because it's a duty. Not because you're bad if you don't. Or you'll be rejected if you don't. Or you'll slip into sin if you don't. But because my whole world, what I'm doing, the dreams, the things Mike is talking to me about that I am supposed to run in right now, those came in a whisper, in a morning prayer. We're right now, we are right now on assignment for the state of Kentucky. Do you know why? I was in a prayer meeting with a bunch of young people that wanted to meet. It's 6 a.m. I got in that prayer meeting and one day we're walking with Jason Upton playing in the, and I might, I had a cup of coffee, half awake, half asleep. There's no such thing as a pointless prayer meeting. It don't matter what it feels like. It's not possible. It's not possible to get with him, to set your side up self apart it's impossible and I'm walking and all of a sudden I'm I'm in this one part of the room and the Lord said get 120 you'll turn the world upside down I had no idea till someone the next day walks in hands me a book from Dud Sheets and Chuck Pierce praying and all the states and when they got to Kentucky they said Kentucky an upper room state because it has 120 counties the Lord takes me on a journey. Do you know what Daniel inherited because of his faithfulness? He got to rule over 120. Who was in the upper room? 120. Do you know how many gallons? By the way, Jesus went far at the wedding. You understand, he changed 120 gallons of water into wine. Y'all better hope it was grape juice. (laughs) So I started seeing it everywhere I went. All of a sudden, I'm at Cane Ridge, which is where the second great awakening happened. And we're just out there with a group of other people. And it was the most pointless prayer meeting I thought I'd ever been in. They were having sheets that they had colored, and everybody was talking about them and singing it, and they had like wooden flutes and stuff, and I thought, I should have stayed at the house. (laughs) Kentucky's got some stuff, y'all. Y'all don't know. I think I might have to go introduce CJ to some of it. It'd be good for him. (laughs) See if they get get you out there blowing the horn or something. They'll be like, sound the alarm, CJ. (laughs) But one of them had a book, a historical book. And they said, they said, you know, something we were looking at, it's very interesting. They said, Kentucky, what it's called. Now, mind you, my name, I figured this out. My name, Brad Lee. People call me that. I'm like, it's Brad. (laughs) But Bradley means broad meadow. Broad meadow. I thought, 
Well, that stinks. Everybody else's name means mighty one of God, Miles, noble warrior. Me, I'm a wide meadow. God forbid. Mom, you could have at least looked into the names and what they meant. Little did I know, the natives, they said of Kentucky, they didn't call it Kentucky. They called it the broad, wide meadow. That the Lord had a story he had written. It's just these little whispers. I'm so thankful I got up that morning. I'm just really thankful I was in that room. You know the only thing I did? Showed up. Come on, man. Come on. It's the only thing I did. That was that. If you'll just open the door, I'll come in. It'll be you and me and me and you. I can take you to where I was when he spoke to me about property. The lights were off in a church that I had a key to because I had just come to the Lord and I had no friends. And no one at that church was my age. So now I come to the Lord and get stuck in a church where no one is young. My age. So I'm 18, 19 years old. Nobody. The youngest person or the closest person was like 15. So what do I do? I just get a key to the church. I know exactly where I was. Walked back into the foyer. And I was sitting back there and the Lord spoke to me. He said, Brad, you're going to do some significant things. Now it's taken 20 plus years for him to teach me what significant means. God knows that day I thought, oh, I'm going to be on TV. (laughs) What do you say, CJ? (laughs) We can have a good traveling ministry. What do you think? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) We'll be on them golf chairs. That's right. We get us some gold chairs. Uh, I'm gonna bring some to the house. <laughs> I'll sit them right there. <laughs> no, that's, that's right. I'm gonna eat one of them eagle eggs. <laughs> Superpowers in the eagle eggs. <laughs> it's the eagle is alive. <laughs> yeah help us Jesus I was doing so well guys I just want you to feel the grace to linger if anything makes you feel like you're disqualified you're as good as Zacchaeus was He didn't even do the law right. He was corrupt. He was wicked. He was a thief. He robbed. 
You got to think, a guy like him took food out of the mouth of widows? You understand? Bad. And Jesus said, I know how to fix this. Come to my face. You can't get up from the table with me and leave the same. So instead of us trying to fix ourselves before we allow ourselves to go get into that presence, realize you're never going to change until you learn to just linger in his face. And there'll be deposits put in your life. There'll be things that he says over you that will change the course of the rest of your life. So I just feel like I'm supposed to release a grace for lingering. CJ, would you come up, tickle the ivories a little bit? <laughs> or the, yeah, the guitar. You want to do the guitar? What, do you, what makes you feel better? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on over there. <laughs> Um, man. So my first prayer is if there's anything that's tried to come and take your confidence. I just pray that that thing would lose its hold on you. You know, the man with the withered hand, Jesus ignored the religious and what they were going to think. And he said, stretch forth your hand. That would have been a good time for him to say, Jesus, have you seen this? I've tried to stretch it. I've tried to use it. All my life it's been like this. I'm unable to do what you're asking me to do. Can't you see my issue? It is obvious that I cannot do what you're asking me to do. So he had two choices. He can trust his history. He could trust what his eyes have seen, what experience has proven to be an absolute fact, which is that hand doesn't work. But if he's going to do it, if he's going to do that, then he has to ignore the voice of the one standing in front of him that says, stretch it. Some of you, you have a track record of I have tried and failed. I have stretched and I, I have heard this about that God wants to do great things. I've heard this, that God has stuff for my life. I've heard this stuff and I've tried. I've had encounters and gone right back to where I was. I've been on this cycle and I've got a track record that proves that I can't do it. I'm going to tell you this. You can stay there. But you're going to have to ignore the one that says, I'm at your door. Yeah. 
The only thing between you and me is you to turn the knob. If you'll turn that knob and you say, hold on, laundry's on the table. (laughs) Things are a mess. And he says, if I would have cared, I'd have told you I was coming. I don't care what's on the floor. I don't care what's all over the house. I don't care if it's a mess. Just let me in. Because I'm going to buy the whole field. I'm not just coming for the treasure. I'm coming for the field. I want the whole thing. Do you know what? Scripture says... And as the man stretched forth his hand, he was made whole. As the man did what he couldn't do, he was made whole. Here's the truth. There's a real you on the inside of you that is about to be unleashed and come alive. There's a joy you've never known, a peace you've never experienced. There are dreams you've never dreamed. Whispers you've never heard that all of a sudden ignites something on the inside of you and you say, where did that come from? It's going to change the course of history for your life, for your kids, for your kids' kids. You're going to be one of those that see things differently. I want you to hear this. I'm going to try and wrap this up, but I feel this in my heart. There were 12 spies. Moses, they have been given a promised land. They've come out of bondage. They're in a wilderness and they're coming into a promise. He sends out 12 spies. We've heard there's a land where milk and honey flows. We've heard all that, but we also know there's occupiers. I need you 12. You go spy out the land and tell us what you see. Tell us what's there. What do you see? They all 12 go. They come back. Ten have the same report. Two have a different report. Ten of them. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. Yes, there is all the glorious things that we've been promised, but it's unavailable to us because we're unable to overtake the ones that stand between us and us obtaining it. Oh, but two of them saw it differently. Right? Joshua and Caleb. Numbers 13 tells us of Caleb that he was one that had a different spirit. That word different, a car, that actually means he had the next spirit. He had the spirit of one that already occupied the promised land. So when he saw the promised land, it didn't matter if there was a fence, a wall. It didn't matter if there wasn't a grape there. It didn't matter if there was no land of flowing milk and honey. He was already there. His spirit had already relocated. Why? Well, we'll have to look into his friend to try and get an idea of why it was that they had what the others didn't. Because they had all suffered the same way. They had all seen the same things. They had gone through a number of things. But you know what? Those two never grew up in bondage. So they didn't have to come out of that crap. 
That's why you got to let the young people lead. They're not coming out. They're just going in. And we can stay over here or we can go with them. I'm going. I'm going. (laughs) You know, Joshua, Exodus 33 verse 11 says, and Moses would come into the temple and he would speak to God as a man would face to face. And he would leave and go back to the people. But his servant Joshua would remain. He just would laugh. He's like, I get it, you're gone. What just happened? And you know what's crazy? Moses, we know, had some massive moments with God. They saw thunders and lightnings. He got the wind, the fire, and the quaking. Joshua got the whisper. I pray that you would learn to inherit the whisper. I declare over you that there is grace for lingering. That condemnation and busyness will not try and steal from you the whispers that will change your life forever. That you will find that your identity and your purpose and the fullness of you being who you really are, it's in those times it's you and Him and Him and you. That you will never disqualify yourself or talk yourself out of entering in to the place that he said you could come boldly. You won't argue with the one that's saying, come and get all you need. Come and buy. Those that have no money, come and buy. How can I buy? I don't have any money. You got any monopoly money? He said, I'll take that. Whatever you've got, you just bring you. We'll make an exchange. Well, then what am I going to give you to get it? He says, you give me your heaviness. You ain't got any money? How about your burden? I'll take your burden. I'll give you light. You give me your sorrow. I'll give you joy. longs to just pour himself out on you. So I just declare that you're going to begin to feel a grace for that. And that your confidence will not waver. That you will not come into times where all of a sudden you're like, man, I'm all of a sudden not where I need to be, so I can't. No, I want you on your best date. I want you to run to that table. And I want you on your worst date. I want you to run to that table. I want you to just go be with Him. You with Him and Him with you. You with Him, Him with you. And it don't have to look like anything. So I want us just for a minute. Just for a minute. There's a story Dutch Sheets shared. It's kind of funny may have said it before but there was a young man when he was 
at Christ for the Nations that knew Dutch had wrote one of the most best-selling books on prayer. So he thought, I'm going to go and I want Dutch to teach me how to pray. So he goes up to him and says, is there any chance that I could come be with you and you teach me how to pray? He said, okay, I'll be in this room at 10 p.m. You can meet me there. So the young man walks in with notepads like he's going to get the steps to prayer. You know, like that's really going to work with Dutch sheets, right? You could just imagine Dutch looking over him, <laughs> you know. But Dutch went over on a ledge and sat down and told the young man to sit down there next to him. 30 minutes in, he's still sitting there. They haven't said anything, haven't done anything. An hour in, they're still sitting there. An hour and a half, two hours. We're, we're at midnight, BB. Just sitting. The young man starts to doze off. And all of a sudden, Dutch swings his arm and grabs him. Says, oh! The young man startles up. Says, you feel him? Yes. He's here. If you wait, he always comes. You know, I've thought through that. What is it about that? I don't know that it's so much he's not there as it just sometimes takes some time for our crap to get out of the way. My busyness, my mind's too busy. And all of a sudden it slows down, it settles down, and then you're like, oh my goodness, he's here. So there's a grace for you to slow down. Just take a walk. Linger a little bit. Get in a chair out back. Have a cup of coffee and maybe pour two. It's just you and him and it's him and you and it's you and him and it's him and you. Well, my heart is broken. Just look into his eyes. It'll do more for you than... 27 different things, conversations any other person could have with you. It's good to have people. Oh, but how much better is it to be with Abba? So just for a second, CJ, I don't know if you have something maybe you could sing over into this moment. Just maybe think about that for a second. But I want you just to receive a grace for this invitation. Could you do that for just a minute? Can we just posture ourselves to just say, yeah, Abba, I want to be one that lingers. You have the desire to sit with me and to share the secrets of your heart. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss a thing. I don't want to miss a thing. I don't want to miss a thing. No record of my wrongs ever be 
misericórdia Sweet communion Where we die where we stay Perfect union You're just a walk away You meet me in the morning no record of my wrongs ever recorded and I was only made for love and I was never meant to measure up you told me you told me twice that I'm your joy, your product of unfailing love. I was only made for love, and I was never meant to measure up. have a piece to share. Um, we, were, we were referencing the message of not shrinking back that um, I had shared what the Lord had, had said. It was a verse over my life, Hebrews 10, 35. It says, you have need of confidence. And that... If, if we shrink back, it says, my righteous ones will live by my faith in the Passion Translation. And if fear holds them back, I'll not be pleased. And what Hebrews 10 is talking about um, is, it says toward the beginning of it, Hebrews 10, 19 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain 
that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with confidence. If we let fear cause us to draw back, that's what grieves his heart. And it's just, it's so cool how it was a truth that he was speaking in my heart, but he met me right where I was. I was thinking, I don't want to shrink back from what he wants me to do for him. You know, can you put your hands out? So I'm, I'm thinking about what I can do with my hands, what I can give him. And he's like, keep coming. Don't, don't draw away. Keep coming. Face to face is what he was after all along. And that, that fear and, and him, you know, the confidence, you have need of confidence to come, to come to that face-to-face. I, I kept hearing in worship a scripture that I had never heard it said this way, but it's Psalm 19.9. In the King James actually says, the fear of the Lord is clean. The fear of the Lord is clean. Enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous all together. And I just feel like somebody needs to hear in their heart, you are clean. This is the declaration of Abba over you. Tina was singing it. It's really real. It's really true. And I can't remember how you said it during worship, but you just started to say, if, if you're free, it's, it's really real. Believe what he said. And beloved sister, beloved brother, I just say over you, don't argue with what he's saying over you. Don't argue with what he's saying over you. Receive that confidence to come boldly. I just, I feel his heart saying, the fear of the Lord is clean and we want the fear of the Lord and not fear that causes us to withdraw. Fear that causes us to want to hide. And if you start noticing that, just just say, remind me, remind me. Help me to keep coming, keep coming. Because that face-to-face, what he wanted all along. But I think Brad something that I've got to get on a wall I got to get it written on the walls in here. Apostle called this a house of intercession. We're a house of prayer. We're a house of healing, a house of deliverance, but we're a house of prayer. We have prayed things into this city. When Mama Tammy came here, she hadn't been here in seven years and said, 
I can't believe how much reclamation is happening in this city. We're here every day. We don't see it. But people that haven't aren't here every day, they see it. And I want written on the walls in here, in several places, there's no such thing as a pointless prayer meeting. There's absolutely no such thing as a pointless prayer meeting. And Brad said some things that he, we have not talked about. But he mentioned about when I first got saved and I just needed a key to the building because I just needed to spend time with the Lord. We put a key box on this house. And I've said it and I'm going to keep saying it. This is not about obligation. If you feel obligated, don't go. But I'm telling you, everything that you are looking for, it's not going to be found in climbing the tree. It's going to be found in sitting in a place set apart for Him. And I know we can sit and argue, I can do this in my house, I can do this in trees, and I can do this on a walk, you can. But there's something right now for us that is coming in this room. You want to know why? Because just like the story of Smith Wigglesworth, on a day that you don't feel like praying, maybe Big Mike was laying right where you decided to come sit. Or like two months ago, when RJ came, remember that night that you got wrecked? And I watched several kids go pray on a specific chair. And we didn't know RJ was coming and he felt like he just needed to be here. And he comes and he sits in the very chair that I watched kid after kid weep over. Why is the Lord preparing this house for this? Because the first time Apostle D called me and Tina out, he made this statement. He stops a baptism in front of 2,000 people in Alabama and says, this couple, since all the way back in 2009, he said, this couple will raise a spearhead company, a family out of the state of Ohio that'll help lead revival for the nation. He mentioned a man by the name of Dutch Sheets. Dutch Sheets and Chuck Pierce are in Middletown, Ohio. And Chuck is prophesying of a revival, an awakening that is coming to the nation. And he said, there's little fires going to start all over Ohio. And in disappointment, we're watching these different fires, tornadoes, whirlwinds, Chuck called them. And we didn't see one hit Portage County. He said, but there's one that will be bigger than all of them. And right on Portage County, it hits. And while Chuck Pierce is prophesying and teaching, Dutch Sheets stands up and he starts screaming to the other side of the room, Jimmy Lovejoy, you better get ready. The same way he has heard whispers of the 120 in Kentucky. I heard in Hamilton, Alabama, what you have honored, you will receive. This land you're standing on, we're literally four years away from 20 years ago. 20 years ago, 
I married that woman and we lived in the Shady Lake Apartments and I would get up early by myself and I'd come pray on an abandoned lot. Big D's wasn't there. Happy Moose wasn't there. This was empty. And Abba would lead me to come to this plaza and pray that God would use this piece of property for a mass revival. And I would come morning after morning. God would move us to Cincinnati not knowing he was, I was praying for myself. I had no clue. I was praying for you. The same book that he talked about, the Declaration of the 120, I got introduced to that book when we moved to Cincinnati. And I sat in a man's office and he opened that book to me. When he was sending me back to Northern Ohio, he said, I want you to look at this prophecy from 2004. The state of Ohio, swing state that has turned many presidential elections will also turn America back to God. Because out of the state of Ohio, there will be birthed a small little radical church, is what it says, that is not like everybody else. And that little radical church will impact Columbus. And Columbus will have an impact on Cincinnati. And Cincinnati will be vital. And from the top of the state to the bottom, a revival fire will burn that will swing a nation back to God. I've had many men look at me in the eyes and say, you're that little radical church. So I'm going to make this prophecy again that I've studied over this year. This is the smallest this is ever going to be. This is the least we're ever going to do. Get your running shoes on. I said that in Virginia and I said it in Kentucky because it's going to impact all of us. And listen, it's time to get fascinated with his face. You know why? Because these kids have been in here since three o'clock. And I promise you, none of them are sitting there going, when are we going to get out of here? What time is this going to end? No, they're thinking about in two weeks we're going to Virginia. And then a couple weeks after that, we're going to Missouri. When are we going back to Alabama? That's what they might be thinking. They're thinking about being back in here tomorrow, prayer. So Northgate, let's understand this assignment and we phrased it like this. I think I understand what Dutch was meaning when he said give him 15. It wasn't 15 minutes on your phone before you go to work. It was completely lock away with his face and watch the 15 minutes turn to 30 and watch the 30 minutes turn to an hour and watch an hour go, I don't want if I want to leave. And when you settle in your heart, I don't want to leave, you may get caught up in a quantum realm that everything around you stops and it's just you and him because you don't know what's going on in the outside world. When we really get rid of this, and stop measuring this anxiety will leave because anxiety is only tied to this anxiety is tied to your lack of time anxiety is tied to your lack of time do you know what this young girl don't deal with anxiety 
she's a leader. I'll follow her. So I'm telling you, we are a presence-driven family. Are we doing anything wrong? Nope, we're learning more every single day. We're learning more every single day. And everything you're looking for is found in proximity. And that's what the story of Zacchaeus is about. So Father, as our time comes to an end this weekend, we thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for last night. We thank you for tonight. May this word be marked upon our hearts so that we can forever be changed and we can be immersed in beloved identity and know, God, that your hands are upon our lives to do amazing things in, in Virginia, in Kentucky, in Ohio. God, bless these states. Bless the fathers and their families that are represented in this room. God, bless every entrepreneur that is in this room. God, bless every dreamer that is in this room. God, bless every marriage that is in this room. God, I ask that this be an Ephraim and Manasseh tribe that will dream huge dreams that you cannot obtain with your own hands. But God, through your will and your spoken word over our lives, God, we are a spearhead company. God, we are a company that is going to birth amazing things in your kingdom and the answer to all of it is oh how he loves you and me he gave his life how much more will he give thank you Abba that you're a God that will not lack any good thing from us may our trust and our faith be in you Jesus and may we dream big huge crazy dreams that we cannot climb the tree ourselves hear me again with your eyes closed dream huge big crazy dreams that you cannot accomplish by yourself in Jesus name amen I want to leave you with this when they were finishing I went into an encounter I was sitting here with my eyes closed and I went into an encounter because I was hearing everything Brad was saying and I wasn't going to share this but I feel like I need to as we're closing I started thinking about Brad's whisper to own property and I just closed my eyes and I just got lost in his love. And I go, Lord, show me what you're wanting to do. Let me get a picture. And I literally, it goes from dark to, it was like a movie. It started to open up and I could see, and I could see a construction site. And I seen a man sweeping. And as he's sweeping, he has his back to me. And my heart just begins to leap for this man. Who is that man sweeping this kitchen? It was Josh Bell. And Josh, big old smile on his face. Going, do you see it, Jimmy? Do you know where I am? Do you know where I am, Jimmy? I'm in everlasting. And I'm preparing the new building for you guys already. Josh is already there. Josh is already there cleaning up. Josh is already over. And then I saw Terry. She said, I'm just praying and saturating the room. And I saw Vicky worshiping. And then I got to see one more person in that vision. It was Jeff. 
looked at me. That's my brother-in-law. Oh, he looked at me with a big smile on his face, standing next to Josh Bell, and he goes, I'm proud of you. It's coming, buddy. It's coming. It's coming. I'm telling you, the kingdom is, some of you can be like, I don't know if those kind of visions are possible. It's intentional. I shut my eyes and said, Abba, show me. It's intentional. Religion will make you come into an atmosphere like this and say, beg. No. You ain't got to beg for nothing. You ain't got to grovel for nothing. You just, the scripture is very plain. Ask and you shall receive. I sat right there about 20 minutes ago. I'm telling you, we stood on a piece of property where Apostle Aaron wept on a golf cart and waited 20 years for the fulfillment of something. 2027 will be 20 years that a newlywed man full of dreams, a youth pastor in the church of God, was just obedient enough to come and sit in this property and pray. Then God sends me back here in 2012 and I take Adam Kales, Joey Mitchell, Warren, Dakota. How many times have we come over here when we are youth pastor into the church of God and blow shofars on this vacant property. Never thinking this would be our future. Caleb and Joshua, you're already standing on the land that is yours. You're already standing on the land that kingdom builders in this room, you're already standing on the land that is yours. As I walk this property all the time, oh, Abba's got some dreams with this little stretch of land. And oh, Northgate, are you important? Virginia, thank you for coming and spending the weekend with us. Thank you. Can we honor Deep River Chapel for coming and being with us? Hope Church, Kentucky, Ratcliffe, Brad and Sarah Beth, CJ, come on. Can we honor those that came from Kentucky? Thank you for listening to this message from the Northgate. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please go to www.thenorthgateoh.com and click on the link at the bottom of the homepage. 